This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, where is the darn thing? Oh, my gosh. Hit the damn button, the nerd. Damn, all right, I got the... Here we go. Run down. Uh, shuttle tight here. Shuttle tight here. <laughs> what is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for... No, I'm not back once again. I'm here for the first time ever for our uh, Star Wars Super Bowl protest show. That's right, the Raiders Fan Radio, the Murphs Fan Cave, Star Wars Super Bowl protest show because we as Raider fans feel so disgusted about this matchup. We have, uh, of course, Tom Brady, who none of us like, leading the Buccaneers, who none of us like, uh, matching up against Patrick Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid, and that Chiefs team. I didn't even like saying the name. That uh, that Chiefs team that uh, we don't like. That's literally the uh, um, you know the the archiest of arch rivals when it comes to Raider Nation. So we decided to completely abandon any Super Bowl talk and focus on something that had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I decided. I thought about. Actually, I didn't decide. I was presented with an amazing idea to rally up some fellow nerds, some fellow Star Wars junkies. And do go. an episode of Raiders Fan Radio about a galaxy far, far away. So here we go. If you like, if you if you love the Raiders, stay tuned because I promise you, we're going to talk about the Raiders. Everything we ever do here at Murph's Fan Cave, one way or another, comes back to being about the Raiders. But this will not be about the Super Bowl because, in fact, I hope that's the last time that those two words come out of my mouth. And I'm really excited to talk about. Um, Star Wars tonight. Um, so first, I would like to introduce my uh, introduce my two co-hosts for the night. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to introduce the guy that was this. It was, this was his idea. Like we were talking on the phone one day not long ago, and he was like, "You know what? Like after these matchups and the championship games, if it comes down to these two teams, we might have to do something that goes completely off the rails and go completely opposite of what we would normally do with an episode of Raiders Fan Radio." And I love the idea, and so thank you for the idea, and welcome to the episode, Aaron the Q Dog Raider. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks, Murph. Glad to have me, and I'm glad to be a part of this uh, endeavor. And it definitely will beat the contest on Sunday. <laughs> so what what made you what made this pop into your head? What made you think like, hey, let's do a Star Wars thing? You know, I was sitting uh, in my room playing with my action figures, and uh, it can't, no, no, nothing like that. Everything that we do is like quasi Star Wars related, and you know, 
us being a gentleman of a certain age, uh, you know, we hold on to what once was and what can be again. And that's the Star Wars universe. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, it was just a natural, you know, occurrence. No more, no less. Good deal, man. Well, appreciate you being here. Appreciate you doing this with us, man. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. And uh, I talked to you so much about the Raiders. And when we when we finally met in person a few years ago, it was funny. We're driving around together, and we realized we have this common uh, fandom when it comes to the wars, too, man. So, uh, but you and I have never had any really super lengthy discussions about it. So I'm I'm, I'm excited uh, to talk to you tonight about this. And so, so here we had this idea. Well, look, if we're going to do a Star Wars show amongst Raider Nation, there's literally like one other guy that you invite. Like he is the epitome of the combination of the, of the Raiders and of Star Wars, the two versions of the dark side, if you will. And uh, he represents them both so extremely well. Uh, he himself is a super fan. He was the Mandalorian before people knew what the Mandalorian was. This guy would show up at Raider games and his Mandalorian thing, and they'd go, hey, look, it's Raider Boba Fett. And only nerds like me and Aaron are going, nah, he's Django at best, if not just a straight-up Mandalorian, right? And so anyways, so there was only one other name to, to, to join on the panel tonight. He is uh, the, the uh, owner, proprietor, and, and often contributor, the hardest working man in the podcast business. I can't believe this guy's got any time to, to breathe nor at least uh, or show up on our show once in a while because he does so many. Anyways, without further ado, welcome Kevin, the Raider nerd. What's up, Kevin? What is up? I'm ready. Oh, he's to play. I got my dark saber here. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> that thing is awesome, man. One of the coolest weapons wow. in Star Wars. I know, I know. I, I'm happy to be here, and I always make time for Raider fans radio. Uh, but you know, regarding that other, like that, that other big game, I got a prediction. I think we're gonna have probably someone, you know, maybe a couple of guys that are familiar with film, and give their own little reaction to Super Bowl 2021 and uh, quick impression. <clears throat> okay, hated it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got one for you. All right, what's your prediction, Clubber? Pain. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Thank you for having me on this. I'm, I'm excited about this. Absolutely, man. This is going to be a good time. So, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're all huge Raider fans. Uh, clearly look at the video here. All three of us representing the Raiders because that's, that's our default, man. But, uh, you know, we're fans and uh, fans of a lot of different things. And, you, you know, one of the reasons I chose to call my place here the Fan Cave was because it's not just a bunch of Raider stuff. And that was actually one of the things that both you guys have visited the cave here in person. And it's like immediately one of the first things we started talking about was Star Wars. And it was like, you know, and, and so, again, Kevin, it's easy to – I knew he was a Star Wars fan because the first time I met him, he was dressed up like a Mandalorian. But, like, but Aaron, I didn't realize he was a big Star Wars fan until we started getting to know each other uh, outside of the Raiders. So, um, anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. And, again, we're going to talk about the Raiders here uh, towards the end. So, uh, And we're going to – you know, of course, it'll just find its way into conversation anyways. But let's get started here. So kind of kick this whole thing off. Where did your guys' Star Wars fandom start? Aaron mentioned there in the beginning, we're all kind of of a particular age, um, you know, and we're like, I think the three of us are like right in the wheelhouse, man. Like I was born in 73, so I was, I remember four years old being at the drive-in movie theater with my parents watching the first one. Um, and so it was real, you know, real easy for guys of our age to quickly just identify with this, with this fandom. Aaron, where did it start for you? Well, Believe it or not, is a very similar uh, type of jump off to my Star Wars fandom. It began in the back of uh, 
my father's Oldsmobile 98. Me, my brother, and my youngest sister um, piled in. Um, I knew something was up. There were blankets involved. Um, we drove up to the local drive-in, not having a clue. Of course, you know, they didn't have, um, you know, the internet back then, social media, things of that nature. So whenever we pulled in, you know, we got popcorn and all that stuff, put the little speaker up in the window and then the credits rolled. And then you see, um, you know, the storyline crop up from the nether regions of the, the star swept galaxy. And then I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was just hooked. I mean, those gold words just kind of burned in episode four. And from there, it was just on. I had to have everything Star Wars, a Millennium Falcon, and the AT-AT. I mean, obscure characters. Uh, I didn't know who Greedo was, but I had to have him. <laughs> so these were things that, you know, formed my fandom, and I never let it go, ever. What about you, Kev? I was born in 70, so a little six-and-a-half-year-old Kev was taken <laughs> to the Arlington Theater here in my hometown of Santa Barbara, California, which I moved back to about almost two years ago now. And uh, it was actually the first movie I actually remember seeing mm -hmm. on the big screen. Yeah. And uh, my parents took me to it uh, opening week. Opened uh, May 25th, 1977. And uh, I had seen, I'd watched a lot of television, of course, seen some films, obviously on television. And I was always, I was always stuck in front of TV that my parents used it as a babysitter, basically. But seeing what I was seeing on Star Wars, I kept talking through the damn movie, my parents said. And I kind of remember it. Because <laughs> How do you I was, were, brother? I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, but I was fascinated by it. And my dad kept, shut up, shut up, watch the movie. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I remember kids at school later on were like always excited about it. But I remember too, my parents would let, uh, take me in on a bus downtown to the other theaters that were showing it with other kids. And she would drop me off. And when it was re-released later on, same thing. And she would just let me stay in the theater all day and watch Star Wars when they allowed you to do that. Oh, that's safe, so cool. Safe to do that. And she would give me five bucks for food or whatever it was, you know. So it was basically Star Wars was a babysitter for her. <laughs> so, Not a bad I, babysitter. I know, I know. And so that's that's how I was introduced to Star Wars. But I will always remember my first Star Wars toy was not given to me by my parents. Uh, it was given to me by my grandmother during Christmas. And I remember she bought me a stormtrooper. I thought that was the coolest thing. Ever. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, you know, mine, uh, as I mentioned, I saw it in 77 with my parents, uh, standing in the middle of the console of the, of my dad's Mustang, you know, when you were little enough to stand there in between them, you know? And, um, but the one that really resonated with me, like, I kind of remember that, like, I kind of like Aaron, I kind of remember the crawl, like vaguely and things. But I really remember in 1980 uh, when Empire came out, and I remember my dad coming home wor from uh, work late one night. It was probably like a weekend or something, and uh, and he was like, "Hey, you want to go see Empire?" 
or actually, I, I, I don't even know if he called it Empire. Like, because back in those days, we just called it Star Wars. And Star then it was, Wars 2 or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he might have just said, you want to go see Star Wars? And instantly I just knew what it was. So anyway, so we go, and, I, and I'm pretty sure, again, it was like a Friday night. We kind of got there like not long before showtime. Well, this is in uh, San Jose, California at the Century Movie Theaters. And the Century Theaters back then, Century 22, I believe it was, were one of those massive, like those old school California huge movie theaters with like i don't even know how many people sit in those things but the big giant like the 70 millimeter like massive theaters and it was one of those and the the only place we could sit that was open was in front on the very far to the right so like we're like this like in this giant this massive theater screen just looking up and and i was just me- i mean mesmerized by that movie still to this day so you were underneath the ad at exactly yes <laughs> exactly Un- completely underneath it like you i was see up luke's nostrils when he's ha- hanging up inside <laughs> yes. the wampa cave absolutely i was down in the, the the depths of the swamps of dagobah down there yes absolutely uh yeah man so and the, and then from there it just like went 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 you know nuts you know from there and um you know i want to ask you guys and then you know it's funny like the things that you identify with as a kid um can find ways to then i don't know if there's a word or not if i make it up everybody can live with it is it like re-resonates as you get older so like um like i grew up this crazy star wars fan so like all obviously through jedi and, and and all of that um i never got much into the cartoons and things but like the movies the lucas movies just absolutely were 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 just you know religion to me when i was a kid um and then as i got older <clears throat> it wasn't until like really like between like the the prequel trilogy and then like the the, the or excuse me the between the the ot and then the the, the prequel trilogy like i kind of got lost like you know got you start going to college you meet girls you like like you just like different stuff starts taking interest away from you know music and going to concerts and like doing things like and i kind of lost in my fandom but then when the when when uh, when phantom menace came out in 99 like it instantly like rekindled and then really even further than that when i well, had special kids, editions came out in 97 too right? and i do remember that and like yeah. that was kind of a deal but it was really for me it was when when the sequel trilogy came out it was just like whoa we're gonna see darth vader as a kid like what the heck the origin story you know and then when my my, my kids were born then it went like really to a whole different level because then I got to have toys in here in the house again and no one would look at me funny. Like I'll never forget. I'll give, give you one quick story. When I was in my 20s, um, I bought my first house. And so uh, I was a single guy and I decorated one of the rooms into a Star Wars room. I had the Phantom Menace like comforter, like Star Wars posters, figures sitting up, whatever. And I'll never forget one time I had a party and I overheard two people talking to each other. And this guy goes, does he have a kid? And he was like, no, why? And he goes, well, cause he's got a Star Wars room in there. It's all done up. And like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? And like, but like anyways, but so, but then when I had kids, Star Wars shamed, bro, mind big time. Right. <laughs> but then when I had kids, it was like, and then that was like, it, 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 my boys were born in the early 2000s. And like, that's when everything was really ramping up, man. You're talking about, you know, getting into the, to the, to the, uh, um, Revenge of the Sith and then all the games that were coming out. But like, so my fandom has gone through, like, it's gone through different ways, stayed pretty steady. Like I've never not been a Star Wars fan, but it's definitely had peaks at times, um, you know, throughout the years. Uh, what about you guys, Kevin? Let's start with you on that one. Where is your, where's your fandom kind of gone since those, those days when you saw it very first time obviously after return of the jedi we thought that was the last film 
to be honest with you, you know, yeah, you know we, didn't, yeah. we didn't have the internet. We didn't know, I, I didn't know that Lucas had written like a prequel thing. And I, I'd maybe missed these lost interviews that you see later on that he had said that, you know, eventually we might or whatever. So it was done. That That's what we thought. And we would always revisit, I would always revisit it, of course, uh, on VHS, but locally here, the Arlington theater, I'd mentioned, they always, every now and then they would kind of do these, they would show these old films and they, and they would do it for a charity. And they, every now and then, every couple of years, they would bring back the star Wars trilogy for, you know, for, and you'd watch it, sit in the theater and watch it all day. And, and you'd pay a certain amount of money, maybe 10 bucks. And that would go to a charity or something like that. And then you would just obviously buy popcorn and stuff. And so I would participate in those, but of course, getting into high school and stuff like that, of course, you know, you're getting, you know, I was getting, looking at girls and dating. <laughs> I was starting to starting to play in a band right after high school. And so, you know, I was really getting into music and then I was getting kind of like into other films and such. And it wasn't until shortly before the, um, uh, the announcement that they were going to, you know, redo the original films and release them for a limited time in 97 with the special editions, Timothy Zahn wrote the uh, the sequel trilogy, you know, Heir to the Empire. I didn't catch it right away, but I ended up getting it on audio cassette and started listening to it. And then I revisited it soon after that. And so my interest did wane for a while, but it was it was that whole, I guess, re-release of the original trilogy that really got me back, sucked me back into it because I wanted to see these on the big screen again. I was hungry for that. But also, I wanted to see what they were going to do different with it. And seeing it with some people that had never seen it on the big screen before, too. And I remember there was like an exclusive Jedi Luke action figure that if you went on opening night for the Return of the Jedi uh, special edition, that got us in, back in the theater again. And so then it kind of started again. But then it it really started to hit full force in 95, 96 before those special editions as well, because I was playing the star Wars collectible card game that was released by oh, wow. called called decipher. And I started playing the game that got me more into it. The company started doing a championship circuit in 96 and I won a regional in Vegas and won an all expense paid trip to Vail, Colorado for their first world finals where I placed fourth overall out of like 40 other guys from around the world that they flew oh to my Colorado, you know, of all places. Then eventually I started uh, uh, volunteering for the company. And then in 99, January of 99, I got hired by the company that was based out of Virginia, started, moved to Virginia across the country, left California for the first time. And I was their traveling salesman promoting Star Wars and this new episode one game. And wow. we, hadn't seen the, we hadn't seen the whole movie yet, you know, but we were like promoting it at the first Star Wars celebration, which was in May of 1999 in, in uh, Denver, Colorado. We, we all went to that. I was on the road for 70% of 1999 promoting Star Wars. And of course, then that obviously... <laughs> I was part of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I stayed with the company for, until like 2005, and it's always been part of my life. Wow. And that gaming company has become a whole offshoot of my fandom and has also presented me being in touch still with wonderful people that were volunteers with or that I worked with that I still stay in touch with. So yeah. That's badass, Kevin. I did not know that, man. Yeah. 
That is so cool, man. Yeah, what a great way and to recruit I'll come back around to that, ca- that card company a little bit later. Yes, that's a teaser right there. Absolutely. There's something <laughs> very significant about Kevin's relationship to uh, that card company. Uh, Aaron, well, how about you, man? How's your, how's your fandom evolved over the years since uh, you were in it? What was it, a Buick, a 77 Buick that you were in when you watched the, uh, the crawl? No, of- no, no. It, it wasn't even that fabulous. It was an old 98. Oh, an old 98. Okay. <laughs> Mostly 70 something. <laughs> it was gold. Um, mistakes were made. But anyhow, <laughs> what about Kevin? I mean, what a story. I mean, if we don't do anything else, just Kevin's backstory with his uh, lineage and, uh, you know, just hands on with the franchise. I mean, I didn't know anything about that. So I'm going to go ahead and give you your roses while you're here, bro. Much respect <laughs> to you. Thank you, man. I mean, I'm coming on the stage after Elvis. I mean, what do I have to do? But I mean, he mentioned Timothy Zahn. I mean, he's one of my favorite authors. I mean, you know, that's what kept me kindled whenever uh, I got out of college. I, I read the the, uh, the, the trilogy, uh, Heir to the Empire, I think, uh, what was the last one? Dark Fleet. And then the uh, third installment, I think, was uh, Last Command. And um, yep. I want to talk more about Grand Admiral Thrawn later. But he is the baddest man never to be brought to the silver screen or even behind the scenes. I mean, yeah, he was in uh, Rebels and um, I appreciated him, you know, in, in his role. But they oh, you, definitely you will see him in that. live action. You will see okay. him in live action, I'm sure. Hey, 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 hey. I'm titillating. Thank you, bro. You're a good man for that. I like that. <laughs> your, your fandom might spike to a whole new level again, Aaron, if you guys finally get to see him on the... Uh, oh, Kevin brings it out of us, doesn't he? He sure does. I want, so, okay, well, He's too right. modest. <laughs> I won't. We won't go totally off the rails yet because we're going to talk about this show later. But is that a Mandalorian thing, Kevin? You think we're going to see, or is that another one of these announced shows we're going to see the Grand Admiral show up? Well, it was mentioned uh, in that Ahsoka episode of Mandalorian. So with yeah. Ahsoka getting here, oh, own, own oh, series, oh, 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 there you go. Okay, uh, she will have a reason to. Um, so yeah. Okay, I got you. Hey, and, and by the way, anybody listening right now, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen all of the Mandalorian, like turn us off now. Like if you haven't seen what's going on, like if if the idea that the one of the greatest Star Wars characters ever has been resurrected and redeemed because after Ryan Johnson pooped on him in the Last Jedi, if you don't know about any of that, then turn us off because we're going to talk you were about going it. total Jar Jar on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's worth going for? Man? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my nice, Kevin. There's, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's my own Darth Jar Jar figure there you right go. there. There you go. But yeah, man. Like seriously, like we're gonna talk about all things spoiler for every series, every any little bit of news. Like yeah. we, we're gonna nothing's off limits tonight. So if you're sensitive to that, I won't tell you what happened to Wandavision last night, but we we will <laughs> we will talk about uh, uh, a lot of Star Wars. Okay, so we've kind of. Star Wars has evolved so much over the years, right? We've gone through the entire, you know, the Lucasian version of Star Wars, and then now we're in this completely new version of Star Wars under Disney. Of those, like, we'll call them the saga movies, right? The Star Wars, or the, 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 the Skywalker saga movies. Even though Lucas wasn't responsible for the last three, where do you guys kind of come out on it? Like, you know, if I, it's, it's really tough to pick. Like these are kind of like Sophie's choices. I look at it. Like I have, <laughs> I have least favorites. Like I don't have any that I don't like 
Last Jedi. But like I do have some that aren't my favorites. And the only reason like I even poke fun at that movie is because I just don't think it has the spirit of Star Wars. I think that Ryan Johnson's a fine filmmaker. I just don't think he's a fine Star Wars filmmaker. Um, and I think that unfortunately he put JJ Abrams in a corner when it came to Rise of Skywalker, and JJ had to go fix a whole bunch of stuff. Because I think Force Awakens is great. But anyways, all that said, so my but like if I had to pick like my top three, it's hard for me to not just go four, five, and six. Like it's hard being, being of an age that I am. Uh, it's hard for me to not just pick those, but it's, and it's almost the default answer nowadays from star Wars fans. Um, but it's empire, but it hasn't always been empire is my favorite. My favorite used to always be just star Wars episode four, a new hope before they even called it episode four, a new hope. It was just star Wars. I, that was my favorite. Um, because we were kind of confused as kids, as I'm sure you guys felt this, by that whole Luke, I'm your father, Obi-Wan never told you, like all that stuff. Like that was like, we were like, what? Like what? No way, man. Like I remember being a kid being like, is he, dad, is he lying? Like, what is that all about? Like, so there was a lot of confusion. Like it wasn't my favorite. I'm like, who's this little green dude? And he's like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of, it wasn't until I got older and then can appreciate do or do not there is no try you can appreciate like that those kinds of moments you know like for me like so as a little kid like i thought lando was cool but when i got older i thought he was really cool because i could know what he was doing when he was talking to princess leia like you start to take a different like viewpoint of, of this kind of stuff right so I, it's hard for me not to just pick those three but empire's always going to be from this point forward going to be my favorite um i would pick uh, a new hope would be number two to me and then I got to go Revenge of the Sith, I think is my, my third favorite. And, you know, I know that, that there's some issues with those, those prequel trilogies. I get it. They're not perfect movies. Um, there are a few that are. But there's Star Wars to me is like when it has moments, like when you have good, whether it's character, whether it's action, whether it's whatever, there are moments that lift you up. And Revenge of the Sith, even though it's sad, like it's like whoa like you know you were the chosen one like that whole like that's the, like that's big emotion man like that pulls something out of you it may not be a cheer it might be like oh my gosh you know but it's like those kinds of the intensity of moment like anakin you're breaking my heart like don't like there's so much clunky dialogue in the in the in the prequels but in those moments those actors took lucas's lines man and did some pretty cool stuff with it so I got to say that I'm, I'm going to pick that as my, as my third. Uh, so I'm going to go Empire, New Hope, and then Revenge of the Sith. Aaron, what say you? What's your, what's your top three of the Skywalker movies? I'll take your top three, and I'll just invert two and three. I really uh, did like uh, Revenge of the Sith, and I'll put that behind um, Empire. I, I just like the darker movies out of the original trilogy, prequel and sequel. The darker the movie um, – it just resonated with me. What about you, Kev? You know, it's funny for the longest time, uh, star Wars, not star Wars and New hope was my favorite film. And just because of the impact that it had on me and the imagery and the music, it just for the longest time. And, I remember when you were talking, Murph, about how as you got older, the appreciation for Empire Strikes Back really started to resonate with you. You weren't alone in that, by the way, because I think that Empire is probably the majority of people's favorite film because of that reason. Because when Empire came out, it actually got kind of bad reviews. People thought it was too 
boring or not boring. It was too, uh, you know, dark and stuff like that. And, and then when people saying, well, if it's a three act, it's a three act play, the second act is usually the darkest part, you know? And so as people kind of started to marinate that on a little bit more empire started rising towards the top of everyone's favorite. And, and I think it's probably, if you ask the majority of fans, that's the top movie for so many reasons, you know, also in- introduced Boba Fett and, you know, the whole twist at the end and all that kind of stuff. For me though, as I started getting older with uh, um, the original movie being my favorite, I started watching, there's certain things in, in uh, return of the Jedi that resonated with me more. First of all, Ewoks stopped bugging me. I was fine with them, especially when I started realizing that they eat people. They're angry little <laughs> bastards, you know, so they may look cute, but they're not. They'll kick your ass and kill you and eat you. Uh, but it was all about Luke Skywalker for me because he immediately came into that film as a badass. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see. He represented the hero that I grew up with and he took control of everything Every scene that he's in, he he helped kind of take control of it. And that was his way on his hero's journey to becoming a Jedi. Plus, also, it has m- my favorite scene, which is the whole opening Jabba scene. I absolutely love that whole scene with the aliens, the pit, the Sarlacc pit, and Jabba, and all the denizens and all that kind of stuff. But the end lightsaber fight scene with him and Darth Vader and the conversation that happens as you're cutting away, you're watching the battle in Endor, and then watching, of course, uh, the the space battle. I just get, I, it's just wonderful filmmaking. Richard Marquand is a director. Yes. did a great job. Good call out. With, uh, with uh, the script and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And the, well, bringing the script to life, of course, with the script writers as well. But uh, to me, Re- Return of the Jedi is my favorite movie of all of the Skywalker uh, uh, movies for that reason. And uh, which, you know, obviously was one of the contentions I had for Last Jedi in the way the Luke character went because of where uh empire or jedi left us uh at number two is empire strikes back for all the reasons that most people say it's uh and and the visuals in that film and the romance with uh leia and uh, han starting too i'm a sucker for a good romance you know give me those corridor scenes the dialogue in the corridor is some of the best man it's great oh yeah and and, i just i you know this he was very scoundrel you know he's such a scoundrel as well and and that just proves the girls like the bad boys, you know, which is why I always finish last. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so the third film is a recent film because I had so much fun watching it. And uh, I love that it touched on the underworld and it surprises a lot of people. But I love Solo. I absolutely love. Wow. Solo. I do. I do. I, and so right now that's currently my third favorite. I love the world that it touched on. I love the way uh, Aaron. I. Uh, Aaron, uh, the actor that did Han Solo, you get a young Lando. Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Thank you. Yes. I love the fact that I got the three things I wanted. You know, I got him uh, rescuing Chewie or Chewie rescuing him. If you want to look at it that way, I got the Kessel run and I got him winning the Falcon all in one movie. I loved it. And it was great to see the, you know, see a little touch of the underworld, which was great with uh, Darth Maul being part of that. Cause if you watch clone wars, that's where he was. Absolutely. So that's, that's a good call out, man. You know, I, I think that movie gets way better on repeat watches. 
The more I yeah. watch Solo, that's one of those ones that I'll throw on and just have in the background sometimes or whatever. Like that's a, it's a solid movie, man. I think it unfortunately from the production challenges that it had and the change in writers and directors and all that stuff that happened to it, it, it kind of got caught up in and uh, um, you know, and it got caught up in the wave. Frankly, of I keep keep picking on Last Jedi, but whatever. Yeah, deal with it, Raider Nation. Um, you know, but it did, it got caught up in the, in the wake of that, that, you know, that wasn't a great movie. People weren't feeling great about star Wars after that movie. I know there's people out there that love it and God bless them. I'm not here to tell you how to be a fan, but I think it had a negative impact on solo for, for sure. I think that movie would be received much differently if it wasn't for, for that, that effect of that movie. All right. So I want to, I want to note something real quick before we get into standalone films, which I'm glad you just mentioned there, Kevin, something unique about, uh, the, a link. Here you go, Raider fan. A link between the Raiders and Star Wars. 1977, A New Hope. Guess who won the Super Bowl? 1980, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Guess who won the Super Bowl in the 1980 season? Return of the Jedi, 1983. Guess who won the Super Bowl in the 1983 season? I'm just saying, man, when great movies come out, we win championships. In 2002, when we got Attack of the Clones, we got our ass kicked by the Buccaneers. So let's get a good one going here, and then maybe we can return to greatness. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. Um, Kevin mentioned favorite standalone film. He mentioned, he mentioned uh, um, Solo. Solo. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll save it because I want to steal any thunder here. For me, it's Rogue One. Uh, Aaron, how about you? What's your favorite standalone Star Wars movie? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to concur with you with uh, Rogue One. I can watch that over and over and over, and I'll learn something new. And I just love the feeder tie-ins that they've got to Episode Four. Rogue One is so good; I love it. But Solo's still above it for me. My one big nitpick with Rogue One, and I'm sorry, it just ah, uh, I love the Rogue One main cast. I love how they all had their individual thing. And I, I get that you call a squadron rogue squadron uh, to celebrate them because they didn't survive. There was these reshoots with this film where it showed uh, different scenes, stuff happening, one or two people surviving. I wanted one person from that rogue one cast to survive, to help kind of carry either the legend or the burden of surviving going forward. And I think it would have been a lot more interesting if someone, even if it was K2SO, that awesome droid survived. Yes, if yes. someone, Brody the Brody the, the, the pilot, someone survive, not just kill them all off. That is my biggest pet peeve with that film. Um, but I love it. Don't get me wrong. But someone needed to survive. Well, speaking of imagery, you know, Kevin, I, please, sorry, Aaron. No, sorry. you go, please. I, I just had a thought. And, um, you know, if that droid would have survived um, and whenever uh, 3PO makes his way, albeit uh, erroneously, into, I guess, the droid repair shop on uh, the Cloud City of Bespin and that droid takes out C-3PO, that would have been killer. Oh. But, you know, that's just the epic uh, eraser rewrite scenario. It's just it would I would have liked to have seen a human connection too because being the only survivor of something like that would of course been heroic but I would have loved to have seen the burden side of that you know you know your whole like strike force family dead but you survive that would have been cool as well that's a good call up but I do I got to admit though I do kind of like the whole wipe the party wipe 
I, I kind of like that though too, because like, why do we love empire? Why do we love return the revenge of the Sith is that it ends on a down note. And then like the movie ends on a down note, man. Like they have a nice moment where Cassian and, and, and Jin Erso embrace there, but it's like, they all dying. Like, and so, you know, I, I think that there's, um, there's a, there's a depth to it that, that, or, or, or a gravity that comes along with that, that I think that, that really, that gives it a lot more seriousness to it, that it's not just like, oh, our heroes survived, you know? So, but I do get the point of what you're saying and that I hadn't thought about that. And that's very interesting. Visually, that movie is stunning. That's just yes. Star Wars porn. That oh, whole freaking yeah. movie is just absolutely <laughs> that, gorgeous. That space battle at the end and then releasing Vader and seeing the, the rage that he has within him is just great. That, that, <laughs> A minute 30 seconds so however long that is is absolutely yeah. some of the best star wars ever and just the visuals of the death star and like i thought that grand moff tarkin was great like i don't get hung up on the cgi i Kren thought krennic was my favorite character krennic is a brilliant star wars villain like he's oh, one of my favorite bad guys ever like yeah. he's great yeah um and, and and let me just say this and i'm gonna say a bad word too but that's okay because I'll, I'll bleep it out later but like the most jedi <laughs> ever said in a star wars movie is i am one with the force and the force is with me and dude's not even a jedi yeah like cheer at emway is freaking yeah. awesome that's some jedi <laughs> you know what i mean there's yeah, more true. jedi <laughs> in that movie and i just said <laughs> five times i'm gonna be busy on the bleep but there are more jedi <laughs> in that movie than there is in the last jedi that was some major jedi <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right? I love those two guys. Baze Malbus and Cheerit Emway are freaking awesome. Those are yeah. great characters. Yep. Yes, they were. All right. Um, okay, so let's so here I am taking a dump on Last Jedi. Uh there are some moments in that movie. I think that the the part of that movie that just challenged my fandom most was the altering of the character of Luke Skywalker. I get giving him depth. I understand the idea of making him more of a hermit. I understand the, you know, the questioning of faith, the skepticism of his doctrine or whatever. Like we all go through things like that. You know, if you're religious in any sense, you have moments where you have to like, you maybe or maybe call it a weakness or a struggle or a whatever. Like I get that idea, but the way that he just completely abandoned all that stuff. And like, you know, like, I just think back to like the, the prequel trilogy where, where, where Obi-Wan is saying to, um, to Anakin, this lightsaber is your life. And then with the beginning of return of the Jedi or of uh, last Jedi, we get the flippant lightsaber toss over his shoulder. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Like that's, that's not star Wars, you know? And so, but uh, so I think that unfortunately that movie happened. And then as I mentioned earlier, JJ had to like kind of pick up the pieces and we ended up with this whole kind of like jumping around scattered thing, fun movie. So I think it's a fun, fine movie to watch, but it just didn't have the depth of a, of a star Wars movie to me where all that said, I love force awakens. I think force awakens is fantastic. Yeah. I think some of the concepts that are delivered and opened up and like we're, we're given a lot of information and we're leaving with more questions. Like that's what start when star Wars is firing on all cylinders, it's answering a question or giving you a, a, a scenario and then making you wonder about all this other stuff is Finn a Jedi. Who's right. Is she a Kenobi? Like, look at the way she scales up the side of the thing. She might be a Kenobi, right? Like 
all these, like, we, it leaves you with all these wonderful questions. These things about Kylo, like, oh my gosh, is he going to be in a mask now? Is he going to, he got, you know, completely damaged at the end of the movie. What's he going to look like in the next one? Like, there's so many things that we're getting. And then, and then all Last Jedi did was just squash, 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 squash. It just, all it did was just shoot down all these wonderful things that we had questions about. And just like literally to the point where Kylo Ren destroys his mask. Like, I mean, like it just, a lot of the things that happened in that movie, I don't care. But anyways, but back to Force Awakens. I love Force Awakens. It, the, when, when Han dies, rips your heart out. The Chewie's reaction to it. The passion that comes out of that freaking Wookiee, man. It's fun. That's a great movie. So I love that movie. The other two, I obviously have, have questions about, but that, all that said, I was really glad to see Star Wars come back. Heck, I'm wearing a freaking, that, that right there. Kylo in the yeah. snow with the freaking, the three, you know, the, what, what do you call that? The hilt or whatever. What's the thing? The cross guards, the yeah. cross guards on the saber firing that thing in the snow, steaming up coming. And you see these two brand new characters you've never seen before. Like that was exciting stuff, man. That was a good time to be a Star Wars fan. So anyways, enough of my rambling. Kevin, what did you feel about the sequel trilogy and kind of where it started and where it ended up? The, I bought into the hype from day one. I was excited about the new trilogy, Disney taking over. I was happy with uh, you know Lucas turning it over because that means we were actually going to get movies. So Lucas was kind of on the fence about doing this, you know, or either waiting too long, you know, and getting the notification, the news that we were going to get the original three Han, Luke, and Leia back in into this story as they tell a new story with new characters. And uh, I wanted to relive my childhood of seeing Star Wars umpteen times in the theater and marathoning it and seeing it over and over and over again. When Force Awakens came out, I was uh, there on opening night at a theater in Atlanta, Georgia, doing a seven movie marathon, starting from episode one, ending with... uh, episode seven with my friends. We started at like four in the morning and it went all morning, all day oh, till the next awesome. night till, till the, per, the premiere of episode seven. And I loved episode seven. And I then decided to challenge my fandom even more and decided to see how many times I could see episode seven on the big screen in as many different ways as possible. I went to, I, I remember driving to uh, Alabama, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, to see their gigantic um, uh, IMAX theater with the big gigantic projection with the round dome. I oh, that's it. Uh, where the where they developed the, the rockets? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're yeah, talking about. I, I, I and then I when I visited California soon after, I went to another IMAX theater. I went. I saw it as ma- I saw it in 3D. I saw it as many different ways. I paid to see The Force Awakens 30 times. <laughs> in the theater that also included a drive-in okay because i wanted to relive my childhood of seeing it over and over and over again people thought i was nuts they still do i don't care (laughs) that's why you're kevin the raider nerd though you don't earn that title without uh doing some nerdy (laughs) episode seven even though han dying and seeing him in there and seeing the tease of luke at the end seeing this wonderful new setup of these new characters seeing a little bit of leia seeing chewie was what they call the ultimate setup. It's like you go to a, a baseball game and you're there at uh, the home, you know, home plate and you have Nolan Ryan throwing you a soft pitch, you know, 
ready for you to hit it. Cause you know, you ain't going to hit his curve or his fastball, you know, and he's setting you up and it was the best setup for this trilogy. You could have asked for. I was fine with Han dying. It was great emotion. It was great. He got his, he, you know, he got his moment in the sun. Then there was the last Jedi. I went in with star Wars blinders into the last Jedi thinking that no star Wars was going to be bad star Wars. And I ended up only seeing it like maybe three or four times in the theater. And I kind of sat on it, came out on video. I had the Blu-ray. Two, two months went by and I didn't watch it. And I didn't know why. There just something went wrong. And I heard all the people bitching about it, complaining about it. But I was like, no, this movie's good, right? Finally, I watched it. And then uh, I made this Star Wars confession that I realized that I, I am not happy with the direction that Star Wars is going. And The Last Jedi went completely in a different direction and i realized that this new i had to kind of relinquish the fandom of the the sequel trilogy to the young kids that will take this sequel trilogy and own it for themselves where i'm going to just kind of stick back to what i know that i like mm-hmm. but with ryan johnson in my opinion there is a formula for star wars telling it did it in the prequel trilogy it did it in the in the ot trilogy it even did it in all those damn eu books that are not canon anymore and he did not stick with that trilogy. He, he decided to overthink it. Kind of like the Raiders defense. <laughs> they overthink it. Okay. <laughs> he tried to get cute with it. He tried to convince the storytelling group that this is, this is what's going to go and, uh, and stuff like that. And he, 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 uh, he, over, he, he didn't, he, he overthought it and he messed with it. He messed with my, my, uh, my favorite heroes of all time in cinematic history. And that's Luke Skywalker. And um, that first five or 10 minutes of that film though is great, especially with that orbital bombing thing that happens and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And it just goes off the rail and um, Luke not being there in person to fight. He's doing this stupid like holographic placement thing or whatever it is that they call it. He's not there. He didn't shed blood. He didn't actually cross swords with, with, with uh, Kylo Ren. It was one of the worst moves that you can do in cinematic history to basically derail a franchise. And poor JJ tried to pick up the pieces. He did his best, but I still haven't watched those last two films in quite a while. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. All right, Aaron. Well, um, I'm going to take that turd baton from Kevin and I'm going to run with it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to skip over Force Awakens because we can all agree that the nostalgia of it brought to the the present, hey, it gets an ultimate pass. I I, I thought it hit its mark. Uh, the bar was pretty low, and they they exceeded it. Um, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi makes me angry. The Last Jedi is the Raiders with a lead. And you know the defense has to take the field in order to secure that lead. And the lead is lost over and over again. Um, I'm not as uh, generous as uh, Kevin was. The bombing scene, that's where I lost it, right there. You're in space. How are you dropping bombs in the vacuum and void and gravityless (laughs) space? And then, I liked, I liked oh it because it was a it was a cool World War II call out. Yeah, the physics of it sucked, but you know. <laughs> Follow that up with far, a far, far away. A World War II reference doesn't work, bro. 
<laughs> it doesn't. And then they follow it that up a with long, a your mama ago. joke. Not a long time ago, but a long, long time ago. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you got the hot Asian sister, and then you have the not-so-hot Asian sister, and you got the bombs. And if you really want to go, you know, uber-sensitive, um, having Asians in a bombing scene in a war movie – May not be the best. Oh, Why didn't the hot I Asian sister that. live? That would have been cool. <laughs> oh, she's the one who died on the frigate. The yeah, frigate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she didn't make it. Yeah, I know that. I was wondering why she. Didn't. Why would it be her and not? Yeah, that's <laughs> insensitive, that Kevin. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I expected so much less out of you, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to get back to my my uh, my my low key rant, um, there was virtually nothing, and I watched this movie. Unlike Kevin, I did go in theater whenever it first came out. I went opening night. I was up in West Virginia. Um, Raider Ramon, the meme king, can probably attest to this. It's desolate. Um, it's like being on Tatooine, except it's got hills and greenery. Um, and there was nothing more to do. My family, of course, they were in Texas. I was on assignment up there for a couple of years. And so I went to the theater on a Friday on opening night. And I literally had the nerve, the gumption to get up and walk out of that film. And I've been really for two years. It was horrible. Are we talking I mean, about Last was, Jedi or, or yeah. Force Awakens? No, Last Jedi. No, 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 Last Jedi. Yeah. Last Jedi. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last Jedi. Like I said, I gave it a pass, but you know, it it was just choppy and coherent. The characters you didn't care about. Um they could have done so much with Finn. They could have done so much with Phasma. Amen. Two characters that obviously could have had great storylines. Then you try to shoehorn a romance um, with Finn. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is about Disney. You know, they didn't want the black guy, you know, having the romance, you know, with uh, Ray. So they steered him towards, uh, and I forget what the, uh, what was her name? Rose. Rose. Rose Tico. Why is she Rose? Why is she Rose? So many bad puns in this movie that they just ran with. And it was just unexcusable. Then um, you're in space, but you're having a a, a, a a slow speed chase. I don't know if it was Shades of OJ and the Bronco, but you've got the entire Dreadnought <laughs> fleet chasing this uh, Carillion cruiser <laughs> at low speed. And they're running out of fuel. They're running out of fuel. Do you believe that? Okay, I get that fuel cells. I mean, you know, they, there has been, you know, some storylines about that in the uh, Rebels and stuff like that. But they're running out of fuel. So what does Hodo do? She hangs the Yui. This is me working the wheel on the 98, bro. And she jumps to life. She literally has a suicide flips. knob on hers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, it had glitter on it. And she's working the suicide knob. She was, And then, you know, before that, Leia blasted out of the command post. And then she does He's this Poppins, y'all. fly back into the cockpit. Murph's going to have to keep from fogging his glasses up. They're fogging. That was ridiculous. There were so many ridiculous things. And not to mention, you know, the crimes that they made against the character Luke Skywalker. He is the chosen one. I don't care about his dad. Luke is the chosen one by the storyline you follow. He is the strongest Formula. Jedi that ever was. And they made him go out with a whimper. Why did you waste seven other films to make him go yeah, out with he, a whimper in the air? like he punched his <laughs> ticket. You know, I'm like, come yeah, on. Yeah. Too much of that, uh, that, that, that monkey milk that he was having from the, the, the oh, sea monkey. Oh, my gosh. Was, maybe that weakened his, uh, you know, his mojo. I don't know. 
Oh, that was brutal, what, man. What did you think about the milking scene there, Murph? I hated it. I thought it was completely stupid. And yes, my glasses are fogging up because I get, I'm get, I feel myself <laughs> getting wound as you're hitting all these beats that happen in that movie. I'm just like, oh my god. But yeah, because I thought it was stupid. I thought it was like, you're, like you're making a mockery of this but who character. Who are they pandering to? Who like, are they pandering? That's what to I don't understand. And like the whole idea of like Ryan Johnson's notion the of like lobby. <laughs> But like he's he's like he's like oh I want to challenge the I want to challenge the viewer I want to challenge like but you just said it like I've spent six movies getting to know getting familiar and comfortable in this or actually seven excuse me getting comfortable in this formula I don't want to be challenged now like what are you doing yeah. like this isn't no, like no. go challenge me in Knives Out go do your the, go the worst the worst know? part was the stuff that was coming out at the time about how we can't cater to the original series fans you know we got to look to the for we like forward well that i'm sorry original series fans we're the one that got most of the money right now we got disposable (laughs) yeah yeah you know but i want i want to mention something real quick that you said aaron it just where uh how it makes you sick to your stomach and this is what i don't feel that last jedi fans can really understand or take the time to understand that there's a little part inside me right in the cavity of my, like right near my heart, below my heart. It's a last, I call it the last Jedi ulcer because (laughs) it actually makes me sad of how big of a disappointment that this star Wars story took. And now it's tainted for me, the entire sequel trilogy. As much as I love episode seven, it's now hard for me to watch because I know what comes next and I don't want to be reminded of it. Amen. I I feel that ulcer right now, the last Jedi ulcer right now. And it sucks. It's a real feeling. It's real pain and it hurts. I agree with that, Kevin. You know, it it does. It taints it. And I've watched even Force Awakens for now a hot minute. Although I like you guys, I watched it a billion times when it when it first came out. Um, but the disappointment is is real. And you know, and I think that um what challenges my fandom in a lot of levels is that like like and you made the joke, Aaron, about like who are they doing this for? Who are they who are they appealing to? Yeah. And I think that, you know, look. Uh, and we're going to talk about diversity in, in a galaxy far, far away later. But I want to talk <laughs> about, like, there was a serious backlash against folks that did, like us that didn't like this movie because, oh, we don't want to see a woman in charge. Or we don't want to see a you know, person of this color or a person of this race. Or this, this, this. That's what I, and that's what used to drive me crazy is that, like, yeah. I don't have a problem with Carrie Mar- Kelly Marie Tran because she's Asian. I don't have a problem with right. John Boyega because he's a black guy. I have a problem because you didn't give him shit to do in this movie. They're rescuing no. racehorses. That's yeah. stupid. Like, you have done nothing to further the plot of this movie. You, we had all these wonderful questions about Finn, and now you got him rescuing racehorses? That's stupid. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the color of his skin. So don't try to, like, make it about, like, oh, we, we have a problem. Oh, I don't like Admiral Holdo because a male driven gender or whatever yeah or like oh admiral holdo like we don't want to see a woman in charge no because she was freaking screaming at a guy that we like in poe dameron and wasn't like tell me why she wouldn't share the her plan with him why what 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 story does it make sense and like what point with those characters does it make any kind of sense to not share with like the guy that just freaking saved you from it just it's insane to to me to put it simple Ryan Johnson rewrote and overwrote these established characters from episode seven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can I jump in real quick with yes. a rebuttal? Absolutely. Um, 
Murph, you posed a, an excellent question and a question that needs to be asked for demographical purposes. Um, what did everybody have against Hodo? Um, why can't they get behind Ray, uh, these strong female characters? Uh, raise your hand if you have um, a, a, a Princess Leia action figure. I had one. Didn't care that she was a girl. Yep. I cared that she was badass. Now, who amongst us had a problem with Mon Mothma? She ran the whole republic. I mean, the whole the whole rebellion. None of us, nobody's bitch. So my thing is the fake vitriol against so-called fanboys for us not liking these strong female characters. No, we hate piss poor writing. Piss poor writing will get you a thumbs down from True Raider fans every day. Of the Mara week. Jade, Monday, period. just saying, Mara Jade. Okay, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong we with love those. The female well written. Yeah. So. If you are into Star Wars uh, theory, canon, female characters do more than pull their fair weight. Yep. And they do more than just, you know, uh, plug in to keep storylines going. They are lead characters. They're badasses. They're rebels. Hey, they're even uh, the, the enemy sometimes. They're, they're the dark spirit. And you know what? Until episode eight, it worked. Eight into into nine, it just simply didn't hold up. So I don't want to hear anything about us being misogynist and all that stuff. It was a piss poor script, poorly executed. Well stated, Aaron. And uh, yeah, and I I I got nothing to say to build on that because that's perfectly stated. And and nothing better than I'm glad you brought up Ahsoka because you know being a huge fan of the Clone Wars, being a huge fan of like I, I mentioned, my boys were were born in the early to mid two thousands. Like, so when Clone Wars was firing, when Clone Wars was, you know, this is 08 to really up to, to 2020 when, when, when the final season was released. Like, this was like their wheel. The first Star Wars movie I ever took my oldest son to was the Clone Wars movie. Like, this was, I mean, we were all about this TV show. And Ahsoka, who was highly criticized when she first got announced, not because she was a female, but because she was Anakin's apprentice or Anakin's Padawan. That's why she got criticized, but then evolved and grew into this incredible character to like now seeing Rosario Dawson play her on the Mandalorian is freaking badass. Guilty pleasure. Rosario is a guilty pleasure. Amen. But there was other great she's, characters. She's kind of hot. You, know, you had, had Bo-Katan, you, you had Bo-Katan, Duchess Satine, all these other great yes. uh, female characters in the Clone Wars, you know, so yeah. Abs, you know, Abs, Su- Suji, all these other ones. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's never been a question or doubt for me. Absolutely they, not. They, and, they, they, they drive it. They drive it. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about diversity later. So I want to totally derail us on that. Like, but, it, but it is, it's such a, it's such an important topic. And, you know, when it comes to, and I'm going to sell the, the lead a little bit here, but like, you know, when it comes to diversity in star Wars, you know, you either hear the vitriol on Twitter because people can hide behind the anonymity of it, or people are just afraid to talk about it. Well, like if really, if you're all about inclusion and you're all about diversity, then you shouldn't be shy to talk about it. So we're going to talk about all that stuff here in just a little bit. Um, but while, while we're talking about the series, we're talking about clone wars um of course we talked about how how clone wars characters are now showing up in the mandalorian guys how what's your favorite of the star wars series so we had the droid series we had the ewok series of course clone wars we had that resistance thing that came out on disney plus and then the mandalorian what is your favorite of the installments of the tv shows there's only one right answer but i won't i won't fan shame you aaron let's start with you what's your favorite of the of the tv shows 
So I'm going to pick up on what you were laying down, and I'm not going to mention the series that's on Disney+. Plus. So I'll go with Star Wars Resistance. I, I like that. Uh, a lot of people like the uh, Clone Wars animated series, but I like the Resistance because of the ties to uh, Episode 3, The Last Padawan, you know, and then, of course, uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, is it Kanan Jarrus? Kanan Jarrus, yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. Rebels, Rebels. Yes, Rebels, yeah. Yes. Uh, Resistance was the one that... I yield stood- to the gentleman from California because yeah, re- you're the man on this one. I think and I that's my fault. And that's my fault because I read Resistance, not Rebels. You're right, Aaron, <laughs> yes. And Rebels, is because at first I was like... Resistance, that show kind of sucked. You're right. Rebels is badass, though. The one you're talking yes. about, Aaron. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm a Thrawn guy anyway, so it, it had a lot of Thrawn in it. So, you know, that was like, hooked me. What up with you, Kev? Uh, for the longest time, it was the Clone Wars. I really enjoyed Rebels, too. I got to enjoy watching that with my daughter as well. But uh, Mandalorian is my favorite because it is, first of all, live action. But it hits that era of the OT and then pays respect to the clone wars, Mm -hmm. just the right chord. I mean, I I could do a whole podcast. Actually, I have done a whole podcast. on (laughs) (laughs) But but you see my point. Mandalorian is just perfect in so many ways and it is setting up so much stuff. I I absolutely love the Mandalorian and it has been a game changer when it comes to uh, the Star Wars universe, but also it's a huge reminder of how you write characters, how you develop them, and how you stay in the Star Wars formula and do it right. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. In 40 minutes or less, too. He didn't take three hours to do it. He did it in 40 minutes or less. And you know, and like the whole nation, no, nation, well, uh, the whole notion of like, oh, it's fan service or like, oh, they're just like, no, but see, there's a difference between like pandering and like actually like, you know, representing what the core, what the root of this whole thing yeah. is. And I think that's what Mandalorian yeah, giving does. Giving us red so. meat. You're right. Giving us red meat. That's one thing. Absolutely. Going us into the van with candy is another. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and not to go back to it again, but Hey, check it out. We got a hispanic lead character we have a a black supporting character we have a female supporting character we have an asian female supporting like we have all these like freaking all this diversity the only white guy in it is bill burr like and it's freaking genius and no one's got a problem with it like it's an amazing show and like and and this last episode of this last like i'm not a crier i'm not a crier at things like every once in a while I'll tear up around a movie maybe or something, but like, I don't like flat out cry. I'm I'd watched it. I'd woke up in the morning. First thing in the morning, turn on the freaking Disney plus to watch the last episode of Mandalorian. Because I, you know, we're all wondering who's the Jedi going to be or like, who's this, is it going to be Ahsoka or is it going to be like, we all just had this feeling that there was going to be a Jedi coming back. And when Luke's freaking X-wing buzzed into the screen, I start tearing up, and then when he's marching through that freaking ship, taking fools out left and right, the freaking the eye that my eyes are go- the tears are starting to roll, and then by the time he walk and we see R two, and then the the hood, I'm like I'm like I'm cursing at him. I'm like you assholes. I'm like I'm freaking like a weepy freaking like instant 
instant now, freaking Murph, like it's stop so it. cut it just stop stop cut it out doggone it you're the don what? you did not cry you didn't tear I, up. you, didn't you know what up. don's cry Your glasses were merely foggy Murph. <laughs> they were merely foggy Listen, that was you're, you, that was you were just le- you were leaking you tears of awesome. The little boy's cloth, you dried them off, <laughs> Dude, and you resumed your experience. It Go was ahead. absolutely. I can't inf- let you cry, damn it! Oh, look, I had a moment, man. So nineteen eighty three Jedi comes out, and they took me. I was ten year old Murph, and I know this is a not. I'm not. It's not unique to me. Instantly, it snapped us back into that exact moment and i think the emotion that it pulled out of us as star wars fans and granted we might be three of the nerdier star wars fans that there are but even like my my kids who are you know huge star wars fans themselves and whatever you know they're they're 14 almost 15 and 17 almost 18 same thing it drew the same emotion and that's a testament to the quality of the show the quality of the writing a lot of the things that aaron was talking about like the, the, what this show has finally done and who knows where it's going to go but is absolutely no, just sh- not short of amazing it's it's brilliant what john favreau and dave filoni have done they have completely and i think r- redeemed the character of luke skywalker and and i got to imagine aaron what do you think that's a little bit of a dig I, 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 at Ryan I think Johnson, don't we you think? Saw in episodes eight and nine, throw that out because what the Mandalorian has done with Fellini and Favreau is the new canon. Period. Full stop. Um, it's redeeming. Um, it's correcting. And honestly, um, Kathleen Kennedy, um, she can get mad if she wants to, and I can't wait for her contract to expire. But Favreau is our savior. He's our Al Davis at this point. Period. I agree. Totally agree. He saved the franchise. Yep. Totally agree. Kevin, you got any final thoughts about standalones? I do want to I'll, actually, let me, before I throw it to you, I'm going to steal thunder a little bit. I do want to compliment Clone Wars. And that's where Filoni came from. Coloni, or Coloni. Filoni started with the Avatar Last Airbender show series and then met George Lucas. And uh, George Lucas brought him on, and uh, effectively, Filoni became Lucas's Padawan. And, Lu- and, and Filoni gets it. And Filoni. Did some absolutely amazing. We 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 mentioned the the character arc of Ahsoka Tano, but also like the friendship between Obi Wan and Anakin that we always knew existed, but never saw on the silver screen. We got to watch that play out over six seasons. You know, when when we look at things like the um, what was the one arc? Um, Kevin, uh, help me with this. The arc where they went to the um to the one the Force planet where they had the um the the the, the dad right the one where Ahsoka died and then got came back to life yeah right um, and there was the son and the daughter and the yes, like uh, yes, it's, yeah. it's escaping me right now off the top of my head. but like the depth of like the Force and exploring the Force and like yeah like that was some like serious stuff there so anyways final thoughts on uh, on on Star Wars series before we move on. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that gets a little weepy at films and stuff like that. And there's, there's things that'll trigger, you know, whether it's a certain, that predictable moment in a romantic comedy or some bro flick, you know, the two guys are doing what they need to do, or, you know, seeing a brand new Raider for Raider uniform there on the, on your favorite players right before they get dirty, that type of thing. You know, uh, I was bawling like a baby when Luke (laughs) came out more than you. I'll admit it. I, I'll, I'll, I don't care. I was wet. Boom. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't Kevin stop Middle him. fingers up to everybody. <laughs> I cried. What? What? That's my mama, man. 
<laughs> I, I, I cried. Mama. I it's I, when you. Walker's my Star Wars mama. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> When you can provoke an emotional, I, I laughed. I loved it. When you can provoke an emotional response like that and bring now complete you're making me feel bad. Stop justice, it, Kevin. you're making me feel bad. To, I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. I respect you. I respect you're you, just Capo. Being real, man. I respect you, Capo. I, I just, I, I, I'm being real here. I mean, when you can make a 50 year old man cry. Like a seven-year-old watching his favorite movie for the first time. It's movie magic. It's story magic, and it's yeah. done right storytelling. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. All right. Uh, real quick, by the way, you're you yeah. say you are a uh, uh, Grand Admiral um, Thrawn fan. There, Q Dog, right? Right. One of the biggest. Just want to let you know, Timothy Zahn, who wrote that series and created him, uh, he was invited to that card game company that I work with. To Whoa. Timothy Zahn. Yeah. I've met him a few times. Great guy. Michigan uh, State product, son of Chicago. He I got to <laughs> be put up in makeup. He got to portray a character that he wrote. Um, the What was it? The uh, uh, Talon Card character, because he created that character. And we dressed him up as Talon Card, and he is now on a Star Wars card. Timothy's on as Talon Card. So he got to kind of relive it, uh, that whole coming to life thing of a character that he created. And uh, one of our fellow coworkers was painted up as Thrawn and he got to be Thrawn. So, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Kevin, do you have that card in your possession? I do. I can give you one. No, no, no. I don't want you to give it to me. I- I'm not that dude. Can you hold it up at some point during this broadcast? Ooh, I have to search Just at for some it. point during the broadcast. Let's see if I can uh, f- see if I can find it while we're doing this. Okay. All so, right. Man. Yeah. Good stuff, bro. That's awesome, man. So uh so that trilogy I was trying to remember, that that force planet was Mortis. It was the Mortis trilogy. That's where they had the father and the son and the dark and the light and all that stuff. Like that was yeah, that yeah, was super cool. Yeah. Do you remember that? I read something about that today. Um, you know, the the son uh who I guess embodies uh the dark side, the daughter embodies the light, and then the father who's kind of aloof, and then I forget the uh I guess that powerful um I, like a Sith witch or whatever. She's like the most powerful um, force conjurer. I forget what her name is, but she's got the really ragged teeth, almost like venom. Um, I think that's the tie in. If you really walk that series out. Okay. And I know Kevin, I mean, he, he would definitely know. I'm trying to think who she, because she's mortal and the father, the daughter, the son, they're immortals. And I forget what planet they go to, but What's that was in clone wars. And yeah, that was is canon. Yeah, that was. But I forget what the characters. Who is the, uh, I guess the uh, antithesis of those three characters? Because she plays the mother, but she's mortal, and her biggest fear was that the father, the the daughter, the the son would leave her. And ultimately, when she became powerful, when she was exposed to, there was some like essence of the force that you bathe in, and she did that. And since she was not immortal, it did something to her, and. um, then she became powerful and chased off. And then she became like the uh, antithesis of Luke whenever Luke became the grandmaster. Can you plug in those gaps? Wow, man. Aaron's running deep on me on this one. Is that, was that all that? Nah, in- that bro, was- you think I'm deep. I'm just scratching, you know, Kevin's surface because I think I, I, you know I the missed the, the first part of that. Repeat okay, that was, that, was that in Cl- Clone Wars? Was all that in Clone Wars, Capo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned in episode one of the Clone Wars, whenever they go off world to this planet and they encounter and Ahsoka dies, 
That's in, that's the Mortis trilogy. That's where they they see uh, they see Qui Gon in the daughter sees Qui Gon in the cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The light side and the father is like the originator. But you walk that out into uh, you know um, aftermath and all that, and the the slave or the the servant to those three um, immortals in the Force becomes a force wielder herself whenever she actually gets immersed into the essence of the dark side that the sun was originally placed in. And then since she was mortal, um, it made her grotesque and her hands were like tentacles and her mouth became like venom. And she had the play of white hair and the sucking black eyes. I forget what her name is. It's like a Cora or something like that. Oh, I forgot. I've talked oh my, my head. Gosh. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Kevin knows what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I mean, you yes, gotta yes. go way down the rabbit hole. And oh, Abeloth. Grandmaster Skywalker's antithesis, and he can't defeat her on her own because whatever secrets that the original immortal force wielders had, she possessed. And I guess the lightsiders and whatever Sith were around her, Sith adjacent, had to combine forces with Luke in order to defeat her. I forget what her name is. Abeloth. I, I just found it. You nailed yes, it, Aaron. Yep. Yes, that's her. I'm very, I'm very in, proud in, of you. In, in season four, possibly, <laughs> Kevin. In season four There's the, of Mandalorian. Is that her? I, I That's her. Yep. That's her. That's she needs to wipe her mouth. But <laughs> I see her becoming part of Mandalorian in season uh, four, possibly. That's a deep cut, man. Wow, you, that dude. is, man. That's a hey, deep man. cut, man. You said Kevin... Hey, you said Kevin the Raider nerd was going to be on this podcast. I couldn't just come with a cup of bourbon and think it was going to be good. Uh, by the way, I wanted to show you Grand Admiral Thrawn card you were asking for. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. That is awesome. Yep. That is awesome. That's my former co-worker, Sandy Weibel there. He's dressed up as Grand Admiral Thrawn. And by the way, here is a Talon card character that was in that trilogy. And that is the actual author, Timothy Zahn, dressed awesome. up. Oh, cool. Yep. Now, Kevin, Kevin, since we're deep diving, yep. and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is part of, uh, you know, uh, what we needed to talk about tonight, but could you please explain for the layman in Raider Nation who the hell Grand Admiral Thrawn is? Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, was the leader that was left over to oversee the remnants of the Empire after mm-hmm. the Emperor died and the Death Star 2 was destroyed. <laughs> And uh, not Hux, not Hux. Yes, that's Thrawn. right. And this this was part of the uh, heir to the empire that was considered the, and in my opinion, still the trilogy after um, the OT trilogy. Uh, but he was a very calculating villain. He just he 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 loved to learn about his um, his. Uh, his foe and get behind their, get behind, you know, their brains and their thoughts and figure that out. But he also knew that he had to somehow one day challenge a Jedi. And he found a very mysterious creature called Islamiri that he was able to keep near him because Islamiri repel the force power. So therefore right. making any Jedi or any force user, basically a normal person against him. And right. uh, yeah, and that was also the series that uh, introduced uh, um, Talon Card, of course, and uh, Mara Jade, who was a character that was in Jabba's palace 
to assassinate Luke Skywalker because she was the Emperor's secret assassin, known as the Emperor's yes. hand behind yes. Darth Vader's back. So there you go. Hey, and you I know what? I, I'm glad that you used the proper term. He was the Emperor's hand, and so she was trained as an assassin, yep. much like um, Maul was in his uh, infancy in the Force. And it's ironic that as the Emperor's hand, how much Game of Thrones GOT stole, <laughs> stole from Star Wars universe in order to make you know their fairy tales, which albeit was well written and well produced, there you go, yep. come true. So cups up to you once again, Kevin. Man, absolutely. <laughs> I love this, man. I this is great, man. You guys are both deep cuts, man. Like uh, some of that stuff went right over me, man. And I'm like, I was keeping up, and then I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what they're both. I, I, I don't I know what either one of them are talking the fog, about. Or if your eyes are just glazing over there. <laughs> no, man. I, I love it though. But like because and you know, and I'll tell you though, because I'm not as well versed in the eu stuff you know now it's referred to as legends or whatever and any like i've read some of the comic books some of the like the one-off series and things like that the the vader run the the um, there was the oh. the lando the kanan one like i've i've have i have those and i've read those but mostly star wars is so visual to me that i have a challenge keeping up with a lot of the like the books the, and things the like EU that was so. my jam but i must specify that i listen to the audiobooks i'm a huge fan of the audiobooks. oh okay they, okay they, they were a great presentation and i did a lot of traveling so i helped help me get caught up any of that stuff that i know about is from like you know um you know, and here's actually another thing that br helped bring back my fandom too is like the, the the advent of podcasting, and especially what started off as the Force Cast and is now Rebel Force Radio. Jason oh, yeah. and Jimmy Mack are like talk about OG freaking Star Wars fans, podcasters. Like those guys, that's one of the best, if not the best. No, 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 uh, no offense to the shows that are on your network, Kevin, but like those guys, like that Star Wars show is like yeah. top notch. It's that's that's the that's that's the cream of the top there that, that's, those, those right. guys they are the biggest star wars podcast on the planet for a good reason absolutely and so like you know they'll talk about it once in a while and jason's not a big eu guy but jimmy is and so anything that he talks about i kind of glean information from that but i really don't have a lot of uh depth in that stuff but you both do man that's freaking that that is that is fantastic um and i can't wait i want to get in on uh kevin's podcast and stuff like that i, I it's just piqued my interest and hopefully other Raider fans out there listening to the replay of the podcast, you know, had that same interest peak too to get in on Kevin's, you know, franchise. I mean, he's put a lot of work into it. All right, Raider Nation, there's episode one of our Super Bowl protest Star Wars show. We ended up going about three hours, so we decided to break this up into multiple episodes. So check out episode number two coming up next. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.